Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. This is Good Morning Liberty. Well, happy Monday. Happy Veterans Day. This is the Good Morning Liberty podcast, and I uh, just want to say hello to everyone today. That's it. That's, that's all right. We'll see you guys later. That's the show. Hello. Happy Veterans Day. <laughs> uh, I do I do actually want to thank all the veterans out there. Uh, I know we have several that listen to the show. We do. So people that uh, have served, thank you for your service. We may not agree with every single war, but you are still willing to sign on the dotted line to risk your life. And for that, we get to do what we do. So, very appreciative. I'm, I'm appreciative. That's true. Of that. Uh, shout out to my my brother who's in the Marines. Yeah. So big. He's uh, entering his sixth year, I think, of the of the Marines now. That's, so that's a lot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So uh, big shout out to him. But yeah, you know, uh, one thing on Veterans Day, we're doing a we're doing a fundraiser on our page right now, actually, to raise some money for. Uh, I think the the charity is uh, Stop Soldier Suicide. That's the that's the name of the charity. So you can go to our page. We're trying to uh, raise some money for them real quick. Um, I know the figure is something like 22 veterans commit suicide like every single day. That's a lot. That's a lot. That's way too many. Way too many. So anyway, if you want to give to that charity, it's not to us. It's to that charity. Uh, they do a lot of great things helping people find work, get off the streets, uh, get you know any kind of mental help whatsoever that, that they need to have. So uh, yeah, just something good to consider. But we got some stuff to talk about today. Well, I wanted to give a shout out as well to, to my... I literally almost every single person in my family served in the military except for me and my brothers. <laughs> yeah. You guys so, are worthless. Yeah. We just, uh, I guess we had other things yeah. going on. But uh, basketball. My, my uncles, grandparents, even my grandmother was a veteran. She served in the Navy. She worked as a secretary for the, in, for the president and the Pentagon. Really? Yeah. Wow. That's pretty cool. She, uh, she was discharged because she got pregnant. Oh. Honor, honorable discharge. But back then. Yeah. You know, my grandmother, she was old. Back then, she was young. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> if she were running for election right now, she could totally use that. Yeah, she you could. Know? She could. She could. Missed out on that opportunity, for sure. It was pretty cool. Yeah. So, thank you once again to all the veterans. If you guys are listening right now, we sure do appreciate it very much. Uh, we've got some We've got some good stories to talk about today. A little bit of health care. Uh, a little bit of uh, SpaceX and NASA, some things like that. Um, we've got a little bit of... Space Force? Uh, maybe the Space Force. I don't know if how recruitment is going for that so far. Are there any veterans of the Space Force yet? Uh, Any of you Space Force veterans out there, we also appreciate yeah. your service. So, uh, yeah, we got to talk a little bit about that. We've got some stuff from the stock market, um, a lot of healthcare, a lot of space. A lot of uh, a lot of economics. So, but first, but first, but first, you know, my cat's at the vet right now, and uh, I might get a phone call during this podcast okay. saying that I need to go pick her up, or at least telling me what's wrong with her. I had to take her to the vet. Cats are a lot different from dogs. Let me tell you that, and they're, it's hard to tell when they're sick. It really is. 
especially my cat, because she's so loud. She's always just screaming at the top of her lungs yeah. all the time. Or she's been sick for a really a long time. She's I, probably I been in agony. Yeah, yeah. I really hope that that's not the case. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I took my cat, and she's just doing this big loud like, Wah! you know, like thing when I when I brought her in. And uh, then I just left her there, and she's probably having the most traumatic experience of her life so far. Cats do not like things like vets. No, they don't like being uh, controlled whatsoever. No. Have you ever seen any videos of like you put a cat on a leash? Like they just lay down, and you just have to drag them because like they don't they don't like any type of control over them at all. No. That's why I like, I like cats. I'm a cat guy. I really am. I think cats are the most libertarian of animals. So you are overall. very much under the Jordan Peterson's last rule in his book, which is when you see a cat on the street, pet it. Yeah. Yeah, for yeah. sure. I will. Instead and they dogs. come up to me. Like when the, when the cat sees me, you know, a lot of times they'll be scared, but like they'll just come up to me because they know I know what's up. Yeah. You know, you grew up with cats. Even. I did. Your mom oh, always had cats. a cat. Always yeah. have. I'm, I'm just, I'm just an old cat guy, you know, she's nine <laughs> and cats, um, you know, they live to be, they can be pretty old. They can get real old. Usually so, nine. Yeah, hopefully more than nine. But yeah. I'll, I'll get the phone call here in a little bit. Well, they have the nine we'll lives. Yeah. They do. Yeah. So well, I don't know if she's used up. She did get stuck in a tree while we were gone doing our, uh, when my wife and I were getting married, we were in the Bahamas and we had someone house sitting our cat. And our cat got out and went up like 30 feet into this tree and wouldn't come down for a couple of days. We had to buy. We had to pay a tree cutting service to come climb to the top of the tree and get our cat. So on the she's yeah she's daring. She's difficult. She's difficult. Well, for let's sure. get to some news. Hey, but first again, but first you need to subscribe to this podcast. Today we're running uh, the sip and scan code, as I can see right here on my beverage. Yeah, you just uh, you open <laughs> the app and you click the purple button. If you're on an iPhone and that will give you the subscribe to our podcast, which is phenomenal because one click of that button and every single episode that we do for free for you guys just comes directly to your phone. That's amazing. That's, amazing. That's so good. On Spotify, it's a green button. You click follow. Yeah. I don't know what Google Play or Google Podcast is, but it's it's probably an orange button or something like that. No telling. No but telling. whatever says follow, subscribe, get this episode, whatever, whatever you got to press, press that button. Sip yeah. and scan running for the next few minutes of this podcast. So do it now <laughs> before it runs out. All right, let's get to the news. Okay. So this is from NBC. Now I'm, I, I really like companies like SpaceX and, uh, you know, Blue Origin. Like, I really love this whole new space thing that we have going on right now. Because you're just I, a greedy capitalist, really cool. probably. I'm a terrible, greedy capitalist, and I only like space because there's terrible, greedy capitalists yeah. going into space See, now. This could be the only reason. Yeah, that might be it. But also, so I follow, you know, on your on your Apple News uh, app, you can follow all the different topics that you care about, and SpaceX is one of them. So anyway, this, this story from NBC News popped up in my feed. It says, should we leave the future of space in the hands of private corporations? Ooh. Oh, man. In recent years, private companies like SpaceX and Blue Origin have been carving out more territory in the space exploration. Peter Ward author of The Consequential Frontier, Challenging the Privatization of Space. Join Think to discuss what's at stake. I'm going to play just a little bit of this video so you can see the, the, overall, uh, the overall attitude that's coming across here. And we'll just see, 
you know, we'll see what you think about it. This guy's obviously not, he's really not into the whole privatization of the space thing. So, well, because clearly the government owns space. Well, yeah. Yeah, they do. And they, they should be able to control who go. We'll, we'll get in that here in a yeah. sec. We'll get, we'll get there in a sec. Space for a lot of people is a kind of blank slate, almost a, an opportunity to achieve great things for humanity in the process of leaving a lot of bad things behind. So if we go to space off the back of the, the, the tenets of, of capitalism, then there's a possibility we're going to pay for that down the line. If we go to, okay, if okay, we go first. to space on the backs of capitalists. <laughs> now the guy's got an accent, so he's obviously smarter than everyone else in the room. Yeah. So you need to listen to what he has to say. Very insightful. Well, I could respond to him with an accent yeah. too. So the very first thing there, that wasn't even all the video I wanted to play. But he's already said, if we go to space on the backs of the tenants of capitalism, then we're going to pay for that down the line. And as if we don't pay for if, NASA. Yeah, so that's the <laughs> – and what he's saying is in in developments and technology and things – like we're going to pay for letting capitalists take us to space yeah. is what he's saying. Not necessarily monetarily, but what I would say is my question for this guy would be – are we not going to pay for if NASA is taking the space? If you're talking about the production of new technology and new innovations, are we not going to pay for that? Does using NASA for space exploration have no consequences whatsoever? And we know that that is just the most pure and just the best form that there possibly is to explore space. And there won't be anything that we're paying for down the line by letting the government be the thing that gets to go in the space. Is like, this guy even from America anyway? I, I mean, no pay, way. Does he pay taxes for NASA? <laughs> what's his? What's the British Exploration Department called? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know actually what that is. Um, so anyway, he's he's a, he, that's it. British, British exploration. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, BSE. Yeah. That's what it is. That's all it is. Let's hear a little bit of what else he had to say here. So over the past, I guess, couple of decades, we've seen the private space sector emerge. And that has meant the role of NASA has changed considerably. It means they're no longer calling the shots. It also means they shift some of the risks, well, a lot of the risks, over to the private companies. Okay, first off, once again, I'm sorry to keep stopping this guy. He said we've switched over to private companies doing this, so NASA is no longer calling the shots. Does anyone realize how false that is? Do you think that Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos can move one freaking inch towards a launch pad without the government's approval at no. all? Can he, Can they do anything? Can they shoot anything up in the space without the government signing off on it first? My guess would be nah. No, the answer is no. The that's, answer is nah. That's where there's a movie called The Astronaut Farmer. You should watch it. <laughs> pretty pretty good movie. But um, you cannot make your own rockets and go into space without signing off. They even had to do, you know, when Elon Musk smoked weed on Joe Rogan's, uh, he had to, to keep working with NASA, they had to train all of these SpaceX employees on the dangers of smoking weed. It cost them like yeah. $10 million or yeah. something like several, that to do training. Several million dollars they spent doing this. Yeah. And this this idea that that now now that we're letting SpaceX do this, well, now the government's not going to be calling the shots anymore. Like that's just false. It's yeah. just completely false. Like like Bill Gates can't, you know, build a nu uh, nuclear power plant without yeah. the 
okay of the government. He can't even build in China. I know without they, the okay of the American government. They won't even allow him to build a nuclear power plant in China. Yeah, that's that's how much control they have. So this idea that oh we we are no longer in control of space exploration. How bad of a word? Wrong. How bad of a word in in British language is bloke? Um, I don't think it's a bad word. I okay. think it's just like a I don't know, like kind of an like an average everyday. Uh, you know, I don't know. So we'll I, see. I just want to be like, I don't know my British speak very well. Listen here, bloke. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's and, see what uh, this is. It's obviously made a, a much larger role for private companies in space. So on, on the face of it, a lot of the, the big names in private space, Elon Musk and, and Jeff Bezos, for example, that they're seen as doing these things as a kind of personal mission, uh, as a, a, a service to humanity almost. But there is a lot of money to be made in space. There's, there's, there are huge industries emerging, and there are more industries emerging as well. And, and looking ahead further into the future, we're going to see people going to the moon, for example, to mine resources. That's another way to make money. We're going to see private space stations where there's going to be manufacturing on the space stations. And then if you go way out into the future, we're going to see colonies on either the moon or Mars, and obviously that's going to create many more industries. But the problem is we don't know the uh, intentions of the next wave of entrepreneurs, the next people that can take us there. If someone were to take a stranglehold on... As if he knows the intentions of the next wave of politicians. Right. <laughs> they just said, the problem is we don't know the intentions of the next wave of, of entrepreneurs. Who cares? Like, tell me what the intentions of the next wave of politicians is. Well, Just go best, ahead and tell me. Your best interests, Exa- Exactly. That's what it is. The politicians will always have your best interests. They're interest. just completely selfless. The, the, everything they do is for other people. It's never to enrich themselves whatsoever. No. And the greedy capitalists, it's only about it's, them. It's only for them capitalism in capitalism you only get rich uh by taking money forcefully from other people's bank accounts right yeah. and you only ever have to worry about yourself it never matters if anyone else is ever happy with anything that you're doing right elon musk would never want to put satellites that will provide internet to everyone at a very cheap cost he would never want to do that just for no. for helping people out it's for his own personal gain which in essence helps everyone out exactly that's that's and obviously we talk about this all the time in capitalism you have to provide things that people deem valuable if mm-hmm. they're going to make money from mining on the moon or from anywhere else well, that's going to have to be deemed valuable by someone else for them to make any money they're going to put satellites i just we have another story here they're going to be putting a lot of satellites in space to bring broadband internet to the entire world and they are doing that to enrich themselves, but everyone is going to have a better life because of it. And that's always the good thing about this. And this this guy is saying that the, the problem is that we don't know who the next people are. Okay, you like Jeff Bezos and you like Elon Musk, and maybe they're doing this for the betterment of the world, but you don't know who the next people are going to be. Like, Does he know who the next people in charge of the government are going to be at all? Listen so, here, Nate. Why is it obvious that they should be in charge of it? There's a lot of people that think that, you know, we just need to regulate future entrepreneurs so that we can stop them from unfettered, greedy capitalism. That's pretty good. That's pretty yeah. good uh, impression, man. I sound a lot. I actually sound a lot like uh, Milo Yiannopoulos. Yeah, there. a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> yeah. Listen, um, I'm gay. Okay. <laughs> that's that's I'm what he says. First off, gay conservative. Yeah. Provocateur. <laughs> <laughs> he made a lot of money from being a gay conservative for come sure. At me, bro. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about. <laughs> I don't think he ever said that. I don't think he said come no. at me, bro. No. no. Um, so anyway, 
I want to go on to a couple of, a couple articles here from SpaceX and some of the things that they are doing, which no one has ever done before, by the way. Uh, just keep in mind that we've had NASA for almost 70 years now, and here SpaceX is doing something that's no, never been done before uh, because they're so terrible and greedy and evil. Um, so let's just see. Uh, SpaceX is about to reuse a rocket component it's never used before. I think this is from TechCrunch. SpaceX is already well ahead of its competition when it comes to reusable rocket technology. The company has proven many times that its hardware can fly, land, and fly again. This lowers costs while also allowing for rapid turnarounds and more launches for more clients. It's working well thus far, but SpaceX wants to further optimize its business model by reusing other pieces of its rockets. So SpaceX spent a lot of time and effort to come up with a system that would recover its rocket fairings. Early attempts to slow the descent of the uh, whatever scone pieces failed due to their awkward shape. SpaceX outfitted a boat with a huge net to capture the halves as they fall, but routinely missed the mark and failed to catch them. SpaceX's bread and butter has always been and will continue to be the reusable nature of its rocket boosters. Still, SpaceX boss Elon Musk has stated that the fairings cost several million dollars on their own, so recovering and reusing them is a significant additional cost savings. Okay. Now, why, why would he think of something like that? Why would he do that? Remember that video we had where he said, you know, I told my employees to just imagine, imagine you had a pallet of cash, like a pallet, it's got $35 million on it. He's like, you, you'd want to save that. You'd want to catch that yeah. when it comes up. And that's how he thinks about this because they're a profit seeking corporation. Because it matters. Because it actually matters to save the money. Right. And what they've done because of this is they've invented a lot of new things to save their rocket pieces, things that have never been saved before. He's got the Falcon 9 that I think they've already, it's already went up and landed. One of these rockets has gone up and landed three times now. Uh, the fourth time, I think, will be within the next day or so. It's going to be coming back down. So first time something's ever been used, four times on single rocket itself. And just imagine the cost savings. And you might be thinking about, well, that's great for Elon Musk. He's saving a bunch of money. That terrible, terrible guy. Like, I don't care if he's saving a bunch of money. But the thing is, it's saving money for the people who he's working for, his consumers. His consumers like yes. like Verizon. Do you guys ever use your phone? Do you guys ever use your GPS? Do you ever do anything that requires some satellites? Well, then it matters how much it costs to send a satellite into space. I believe DirecTV is all satellites. I think it's, yeah, yeah. last time I checked. It's, and Dish it's Network? Like, yeah. The Dish is in the name. It's a satellite dish. Yeah, it is. It is. And so what, who do you think gets their satellites up there to provide this, this service? I think uh, we should only allow NASA to do it. We should, we should allow the Air Force or NASA to do it. And we should have Dish or DirecTV pay $600 million to put a satellite in Instead space. Instead of 60. That would be so much better than the $60 million <laughs> that, that Elon Musk does it for. Yeah. We'd all be better off 
we'd all be better off if DirecTV was paying 10 times as much money to put their satellites up in the space, wouldn't we? Well, wouldn't DirecTV just pocket their savings? You know, mm. There's no reason for them to be innovative with all those savings. But look, they've got some competition. They've got yeah. some Hulu and some Netflix and YouTube TV and all these other great things that they have to compete with in this market. So yeah, they do need to make their product cheaper. That's that's the great thing. And like like we already said, he reduced the cost from sending a satellite in space from six hundred million down to sixty million. And, and he's wanting to reduce it even more. Yeah. And now he wants to do it even that was with losing these rocket the fairings, which I is like the cone it's at the top, yeah. kind of. And so the thing, you know, but, kind of breaks apart and they send the satellite out there and then the main rocket I know it looks weird, but that's just a nose cone. Yeah. Oh, does it? Is yeah, that says nose cone? Nose cone. It does say nose cone. Yeah. Wow. I was wondering why you didn't pronounce it. Let me get my glasses on. Were you over trying here. to say nose cone? I was thought it was some kind of scone. Honestly, oh. <laughs> it's making me kind of hungry. That's just a nose cone. That's a nose cone. Okay. Yeah. Well, anyway, he's trying to save the nose cone. He's trying They're to save endangered. the nose cone. Okay. And I don't understand why the environmentalists don't care about the nose cone. <laughs> well, speaking of environmentalists, I mean, think about all this junk that's getting saved now. Yeah, you used to just crash down to the earth. We didn't even know where it went. Probably this, it just used to land in the ocean nice. or it would sit out in space and never come back and is gonna you know hit someone who's out there on a little leisurely space trip someday you know well, that is gonna eventually go around the moon pick up pick up the uh slingshot yeah gravity exactly and it's gonna be it's gonna be slung shot yeah back to the moon and we'll have to send a team of oil drillers up there to try and stop the nose cone from <laughs> barreling down to earth from space yeah that's gonna. That's an expensive project. You especially, don't want to do that. Especially Bruce Willis. I mean, he adds an extra element of expense. I know. On he's, top of drilling oil, he's an expensive guy. Yeah, for sure. So anyway, think about all those downline costs that Elon Musk is saving right now. This is kind of the same thing that Rockefeller did. Yeah, Rockefeller. Rockefeller. Yeah, he's, he's a Rockefeller. I, I used to be a Rockefeller. Old J.D. Rockefeller. Yeah, um, uh, who was known as a greedy, evil capitalist, but he was the guy that. Did some of the same things, same ideas. He was like, I believe from his book, or or at least a biography on him. It's called the Great Kite Tycoon. Is that right? Uh, I I don't know. Uh, maybe not. No, that's about that's about someone else. But anyway, I've read. If you read up on J D. Rockefeller, there's some good stuff out there. But anyway, he had the idea of all kinds of cost savings within the oil industry. People that were doing things a certain way. He was like, Hey, what if we just try, you know, putting seven rivets instead of twenty? Yeah. Yeah. Which over the long run, you know, it may only cost you, it may only save you 10 cents a barrel, but when you're moving billions of barrels, yeah, that's millions of dollars. McDonald's did the same thing with ketchup packets, by the way. Oh yeah. Yeah. They used to give out ketchup packets in every single bag. Yeah. But then they started asking people because, and they ended up saving the company millions of dollars because those, you know, <laughs> the ketchup packets are like five cents. You remember when, um, Darden that owns, uh, Red Lobster and Olive Garden switched to not putting lemons in the glasses automatically. Yeah. They switched to asking you. Right. And so it saved them, saved them like a billion dollars. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how much it was, but instead of automatically putting a lemon slice and everything, they said, hey, do you want lemon? And it's, so like half the people would say no. So they saved all the lemons. It's little, little things like that that yeah. you don't think of that somebody comes up with an idea to be like, okay, there has to be a better way or at least a more cost efficient way of doing this. Like... Why don't we just ask people? Yeah. Okay. What do you What do you like? Yeah. Do you like lemon or lime in your water? No. <laughs> then I won't put it there, and then that way I don't have to slice that lemon. 
And I, we saved the endangered lemon trees. When, <laughs> when finally, finally, when life hands you lemons, you ask people if they want any of them. Yeah, that's the whole saying. Everyone knows that. You've heard it. <laughs> uh, let me add in this one more article real quick about SpaceX, and we'll we'll round this out. But this is from Forbes. SpaceX is planning to launch 30,000 additional Starlink global internet satellites. 30,000 additional Starlink global internet satellites. Starlink is such a bad name. Yeah, Starlink. It's, I feel like we've heard this before in, in like a 1980s. Yeah, it's totally... Fe- Fear the Future yeah, movie. <laughs> it is. So, uh, okay, the Space Exploration Technologies Corp., known as... SpaceX has recently filed the paperwork to send 30,000 new satellites to the sky. The official paperwork was filed with the International Telecommunication Unit. Now, wait. You're telling me that he wasn't able to just do this? I thought the the guy from NBC I, was saying that. I thought no one was calling. They were calling the shots yeah. now. Now, I come on. There's this International Telecommunication Union? Yeah, they, he had to file the paperwork and get permission to send up these satellites. And I, he's calling, that's a really bad job of calling the shots. Yeah. Let me tell you that. So you're saying that he has to get permission still. Yeah, he does. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. So, uh, okay. As demand escalates for fast, reliable internet around the world, especially for those where connectivity is non-existent, too expensive, or unreliable, SpaceX is taking steps to responsibly scale Starlink's total network capacity and data density to meet the growth in users' anticipated needs, wrote SpaceX spokesperson for TechCrunch. With all the recent innovations and plans to globalize their Starlink network, SpaceX is definitely exceeding the industry standards. The first 60 satellites were launched back in May, and Elon Musk has recently sent a tweet through one of them. Was that confirmed, by the way? I don't, I don't actually know. I don't do know. That? I actually didn't see that. Hmm. Uh, this marks the beginning of what could be the next space revolution. Now, this is going to bring broadband internet to everyone, by the way. That at some once they get all thirty thousand of these up there, this will this will literally link all of our brains together. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's already got the plans for doing that yeah, anyway. I know. So uh, Neuralink, I think, is what it's called. One thing that's pretty crazy to think about with this that I hadn't really thought about. Um, they mentioned in this article how our sky is going to be changed by this because you can see satellites when they're going around if you're looking for them. Huh. So so he said, and they're going to be kind of low lower orbit satellites because they're beaming the internet down the people. So there's going to be 30,000 of these things. And a lot of them are grouped together uh, going around the earth all the time. And they were just talking about how they're having to be mindful of the fact that it's going to, you're going to be able to see it. And the fact that, um, you know, if there's 30,000 things whirling around up there, they have to be mindful of where all of the observation locations are on earth to make sure that they're not covering up, uh, you know, different uh, telescopes and things like that. Like, it's just a, it's such a cool thing. Who wants to run the math on that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Whoever's running the math on that, they're winning by yeah. far. But look at this evil, evil, greedy, terrible corporation making it possible to have internet everywhere, everywhere. Africa, <coughs> Africa can have broadband internet. Let me ask everyone out there. Yeah. Do you want competition with companies like Comcast? With companies like Cox Internet or all these other cable Frontier. Frontier. Do you want competition with those companies that essentially have a regional monopoly? I'm using that word correctly. It's a regional. Regional. Yeah, Yeah. it's a regional monopoly because these local governments give 
you know, permission for one company to run their ISP lines. Yeah. And so like at my house right now, my only option, my only option for internet at this location is Comcast. Yeah. That's it. I can't go with anybody else. No one else will service it. I could get the current. There's some satellite internet available right now, but it's terrible. Yes. It's, It's still bad. And now luckily Comcast has been pretty decent for me here. Like I think I get over, hundred megs a second. Like we run pretty fast internet, which yeah. is why we're able to do all the streaming and stuff that we do here. But at the same time, like it's, uh, it's, it's my only option. And if they wanted to charge me $200 a month, they could, or thousand dollars a month, they could. Yeah. Luckily I'm, I'm on a decent plan, but I would like to, I'd like to be able to get what I got right now for $50 a month. That'd be awesome. I would switch over to SpaceX right away. Starlink or whatever. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Uh, at my place, we were trying to get AT&T internet. And uh, we had our roommate actually work for AT&T. And he said he checked in the database and he said they're not allowed to put internet. Only Comcast was allowed. Not allowed. To send internet there. That's, That's a monopoly, by That's the way. That's a government-granted monopoly. If and, you want to know what a monopoly yeah. looks like, yeah. you have no other – if you want internet, you had no other options. Neither do I. Yeah. Neither do I, unless I can conjure up my own somehow. But just this idea that they can have – just imagine education changing – in Africa, places places like that, um, the availability of jobs where they can do some kind of work for people all around the world in those kind of places. I mean, this is a really big deal. And my major question, my major question for this is why, why in the 70 years that we have had NASA or the Air Force doing it, one of these things, did we never do anything to reduce the cost of sending satellites in the space? Why did it cost $600 million to send a satellite into space? It still will cost that much if the Air Force does it versus the $60 million from SpaceX. Why hasn't that changed over that time? Why haven't they developed technology to reuse the rockets during that time? Why didn't the government find a way to put up broadband internet satellite? We've had broadband internet for a long time. We've had satellite internet for a long time. We've had all those things. Part of Elizabeth Warren's plan is to mandate that there's broadband internet available for everyone in the U.S. She's trying to mandate it. And here's Elon Musk not asking you for any money right now at all. He's not asking you for anything. And he's saying, I'm going to send 30,000 satellites up in the space and you'll have the option to use my product if you want to. Why is that worse? Why is that worse than the government doing it? Sounds better. It sounds better. Sounds better. Well, under the government plan, though, we probably wouldn't have to pay for anything. Yeah, man. Of course, uh, everything that the government does, as we all know, is free. You know, if you want something for free, you just have the government record record it, by the way. <laughs> Look, freedom isn't free unless yeah. it's the government, then it's free. I want everyone to know that we just took like a two-hour break between a few <laughs> sentences ago and this current sentence. Not on purpose. Not on purpose. I had a big mistake during the recording, which is why I said the word record a second ago, because uh, I was hitting that button. Um, anyway, for those that don't know, we're still in transition right now. And we are. Growing pains. Definitely. And we, there was another glitch that yep. happened, and we found the fix for it. 
We did. It just it took a little bit. We were streaming live practice, not for you guys to see, but we were streaming live, changing cameras. We got three cameras in here, lighting set up, a backdrop, all that kind of stuff. And I, we were practicing running the cameras. Well, we were also running this little soundboard that everything's going through. And we were also running Apple Logic Pro um, at the same time. And what I didn't know was that Logic had quit and said that our disk was too slow. So yeah. anyway, so now... Watch out for those slow disks. I know for you guys, it doesn't matter really, but we're about to just repeat a bunch of stuff that Charlie and I just said for like the last 30 <laughs> minutes to each other, just to each other. Yeah. That's all we talked about. Which means this would be the best. The one thing that uh, I wanted to mention on SpaceX, because when you mention SpaceX, there's this immediate response that comes from people. Like if I'm talking to someone who is a big socialist and I'm like, well, look how much better SpaceX is doing than NASA. That's a great example. Well, then of course everyone says, but SpaceX has just been funded by the government. They've just received tons of government subsidies. And that's all and it is. That's, that's the only reason that they're able to function is because the government's been giving them money. It's basically another name for NASA. Yeah, it's just NASA. That's really, <laughs> that's really all it is. Well, so I wanted to mention on the idea of government subsidies. So they have received some subsidies. That's true. Another big thing is that the largest portion of the money, when people say, well, SpaceX has received $4 billion in government funding, um, almost all of that was contracts, like to send satellites into space for the Air Force and other things like that. It wasn't just money just handed out to them. Now, there's been some of that, yes. But a, the, a very large portion of that has been in government contracts. So that's another way, by the way, of lying, only you're not saying something that technically is a lie. Like you say, oh, they've received billions of dollars in government money. Well, they have. That's true. Yeah. But it wasn't just in free subsidies. It was in contracts to perform a task. Yes. That was cheaper than the government would have spent on the government agency to perform that task. So, but then it, like if you're a business owner, just imagine that you're going to start, imagine you're going to start a podcast and you've got... You've got a lot of money in the bank, and you, but you also want to start this big podcasting business. So you're going to go to a bank and, and take out a big loan to start your media corporation to, to teach people about the hellhole that is socialism. And so you're going to go to a bank and take out a big business loan, and they're going to charge you 3 or 4% on your, on your business loan over a certain term. Or you can go get a no-interest loan that's available from the government. Now, the, mo the money is available. As a good business owner, what are you going to do? You just say, on, do you stand on principle and say, I, I would rather go spend more money through a private bank and then charge my customers more money on the back end also because my expenses were higher? Now, just so people know, we don't know that the government's giving out money for podcast businesses. <laughs> we, uh, we actually need to look into that. In this example, yeah, you're, you're correct. If, if the you know, if the money's already going to be there and honestly, you know, we posted this video about Bernie Sanders and taking his tax breaks, even though he thinks everybody over making over $250,000 a year should pay 52%. Yeah. You know, he's just to take it. He's taking advantage of what's in front of him, which is what anybody should do. Yeah. Like I obviously advocate for, you know, libertarian principles and, and I believe in standing on those principles, but at the same time, if I'm already paying for that service, 
I'm going to take advantage of that. Yeah. And it's like, can you be a libertarian and work at the DMV at the same time? Right. Like if that's the job you can find, are you still a libertarian or or whatever, anything like that? Um, we're obviously libertarians and we do, uh, a lot of healthcare, uh, data. And what if the, there was a government contract open for what we do? Now, are we still libertarians if we go and grab that contract? Our healthcare business exists because of government regulation. All the money that we make is because of regulation. So should we just not do it? Should we not help? The, the difference is someone is going to do it. The money's there. The money's available. Someone's going to do it. So it might as well be you. You know, it's like, is Ron Swanson from Parks and Rec a libertarian? I mean, he runs a government agency. Right. He runs a government department. But he, you know, he decided that if you're going to be a real libertarian, the best thing to do is to get as high in the power in the government as you can. So you look, can slow it down as much as possible. Look at Rand Paul. Yeah. Look at, I mean. Justin Amash. Thomas Massey. Are, are those people still libertarian minded, even though they take salaries that are from taxes? You know, uh, the the money's there. Someone's going to take it. And this, so getting back to Elon Musk, the money was there. They also offer uh, subsidies or just say discounts on your taxes if you're doing something that's environmentally friendly. So they have mm-hmm. little tax deductions that you can take if you're, if you're say, making electric cars or you're saving a lot of uh, ocean trash that was going to get dumped into the ocean because you're reusing your rockets. You can get these little breaks, uh, and why would you not take that? That's, it's, it's there. It's, uh, it's there. They're going to spend it. The government's not – they're not going to have a surplus afterwards. So is it okay for you to take that money? And so when people say that SpaceX only exists because of government subsidies or government money, it's not true at all. You're, when saying that, you're saying that Elon Musk would not have been able to secure funding from anyone else other than the government. That's what you're saying. You're saying he wouldn't have been able to get any investors. He wouldn't have been able to get a loan from the bank based on Tesla's value. He wouldn't have been able to do anything like that. And so the only reason that SpaceX exists is because of government subsidies. And that's just not true. He still would have started it. He was just a smarter business owner, and he took the free money that was available. By free, I mean no interest or low interest. He still has to pay it back. He still had to pay it back. But there's no price for taking the money. If you're a good business owner, you're going to do that every time. And according to Bloomberg, I just looked this up for you, <clears throat> Elon Musk has paid at least $593 million in income taxes. Yeah, that's a lot. So it's a lot of taxes. Maybe he's just getting some of his money back that was already stolen from him. And he doesn't get paid a salary <laughs> from Tesla. No. Either. It's pretty amazing. He it's, doesn't take a salary. Um, his contract stipulates that he has to get Tesla's value up to $100 billion, I think, before he can take any salary from the company. Well, there's other stipulations a part of that, too. Yeah, that there are. He hasn't met yet. He's making a huge gamble on, yes. on Tesla, for sure. And we've talked about before, he, he doesn't have a lot of capital that isn't wrapped up in the value of SpaceX and Tesla. Uh, he's pretty pretty cash poor, but... It just, it's not because of the government that this exists. It exists despite the government, uh, if you want to think about it that way. But anyway, I just wanted to make that point. I think SpaceX is still a great example, although not perfect, of how capitalism can innovate and create new things, create efficiencies. They've obviously done that. I can't remember the exact figures, but it was like the Falcon 9 
heavy rocket, they ended up they built that for just saying the like three hundred million, I think is what they spent to build it. And the officials from the government said that it would have cost them in the billions to build that rocket, and it would have taken them twice as long. Just look at what NASA's doing. They're supposed to be trying to go, you know, to the moon and try to do all these great things, and they're already over budget, and they're already like five years behind schedule. And they're thinking about contracting with SpaceX yeah. to help finish and it. And so they they go like, <laughs> hey, SpaceX, why don't you help us finish this? And then people say, oh, SpaceX is receiving money from the government. Uh, look, the government know, couldn't do their job. They couldn't do their job. Okay, and if With you're free a ta- money, if you're a taxpayer, and some of your money is going to be going to space exploration, you should hope it's going to SpaceX because you're getting a way better value for your money. So I don't know. You want to go on to that? Uh, are we going to talk about? Uh, what's that article on the um, insurance, health insurance? Yeah, let's round it out with HSA. a little bit of uh, some of our expertise. We mentioned healthcare company. That's because. We're involved in some data science and healthcare and all kinds of other things. And we have been telling you guys for years now, for years, if you go back and listen, look it up about what we could do about healthcare because healthcare is too expensive. Yeah. It's, it's a mess. It's a mess. I thought you were going to say it was a right in which I was looking for something to throw at you at it's that point a, in time. It's but, not a right. Yeah. But it is too expensive and people need affordable healthcare. They do. And the Affordable Health Care Act did not give them affordable health care. It made it worse. It, yeah. So we've been going over, like, what are solutions to these problems? Like, what could we actually do to help reduce the cost of health care? Which what we want to do is we want to increase the access that people have, and we want to improve the quality of care. Well, how we, do you do that? And in that market, we want to create incentives for the price to go down. Yes. That's something that health care is lacking. There's no incentives anywhere for anyone to be cost conscious whatsoever except for elective surgeries like lasix and uh, lasik and plastic surgery and things like that yeah things that aren't always covered by your insurance when they're elective uh, yes those go down in price because they actually need to compete to get your money and the quality goes up yeah now how does that happen well if you have to produce higher quality products and services at a cheaper cost because of, of competitiveness so there are two things. This is coming out of Market Watch. The headline, the U.S. can slash healthcare costs 75% with two fundamental changes and without Medicare for all. So those two changes would be, and we'll dive into these just, just a little bit, is fund the HSA deductible, as Indiana and Whole Foods do, and put real prices on everything. All right, from the article, as the Democratic presidential candidates argue about Medicare for all versus a public option, two simple policy changes could slash U.S. health care costs by 75% while increasing access and improving the quality of care, which is exactly what we want. We want to increase access and improve the quality of care. These policies have been proven to work by ingenious companies like Whole Foods and innovative governments like the state of Indiana and Singapore. If they were rolled out nationally, the United States would save on average $2.4 trillion a year across individuals, businesses, and the government. That's $24 trillion over 10 years, <laughs> by the way. Yeah. So this would save $24 trillion over 10 years. The first policy is price tags. Now, this is something Nate and I have talked about. We don't believe it should be government mandated, so don't take it from there. But we do believe in the in principle this would work. Yeah, and this is something we've talked about as as one of the things to lower healthcare costs. 
Um, so price tags is a necessary prerequisite for competition and efficiency. Under our current system, it's nearly impossible for people with health insurance to find out in advance what anything covered by the in- insurance will end up costing. Patients have no way to comparison shop for procedures covered by insurance and providers are under little pressure to lower cost. Now, why is that? Why do they, why is this black hole? You, if you have insurance, you can't call around and shop for your, uh, what's going to be the best surgery price, what's your out of pocket expenses and all that. And the reason for that is that these payers in the facilities that they operate in, they all have, uh, contracts. Yeah. So there's, contractual adjustments that are made. And the worst part about this is, is it's not like a payer is contracted is contracted with one company. They're contracted with different facilities within different payers. So the same healthcare company like HCA that has multiple facilities in Tennessee, blue cross, of blue, like say blue cross of blue shield of Tennessee could have one contract with one of their hospitals in Nashville and a different contract with one of their hospitals in uh, Knoxville. So the same thing can cost you different, Prices yes. go in the different yeah. places. Exactly. Yeah. And it all depends on how the contract was written, when was it written, whatever. Yeah. And these contracts last for years a lot of times. And so you have no way of knowing. Now, if you were self-pay, you can call and get cash prices because then the facility doesn't have to deal with the insurance company at all. Yeah. So, and oftentimes it's way cheaper. We've both, way cheaper. We've both done this before. Yes. Yeah. And I'm getting ready to, to have it finished you're about to have a cash price surgery yes soon which is possible yeah in america so that's one way so obviously we don't think that the government should pass a law and say you must display your prices however if we do have healthcare companies that start displaying prices like a lot of companies are starting to do with walmart that we've talked about coming in and saying hey x-ray 25 bucks yeah like that's this you you can see what you're going to pay and this allows you to be competitive and compare and say, oh, well, I'm not going to get my x-ray with United Health Center or whatever it is. I'm going to go to Walmart because they're going to give me an x-ray for $25. Yeah. And what could like what could do this is more competition, more people like yes. more people like Walmart who if you guys haven't seen yet, there is a Walmart Health that is started in Georgia is an actual doctor's office. Attached to a Walmart, not just, it's basically like a walk-in clinic slash primary care provider where they, they give you your primary care physician appointment for $40. It's on the menu board. You can find the pricing on their website. Menu pricing. There is pricing for an x-ray. There is pricing for stitches on there. They're all the actual upfront prices. And so what can help other people, you know, we say we don't want a government law to mandate this. What can make sure that people do this are more and more people allowed to enter into the market and be more competitive. And as they see that their customers would rather go somewhere that has an upfront pricing, more people will find a way to do that. So that you just have to actually open up the market for competition. That's exactly right. And it would take care of itself. And you would start to see prices drop, obviously, because then yeah. you're going you're gonna to shop around. Just like you do with everything else in your life. Yeah, everything. Everything. And, you know, we said earlier you get a different price going to a different place. That's not necessarily a bad thing because you might get a different level of care from a different place. You know, so it's not automatically bad that Vanderbilt and Centennial Hospital downtown might have a different price for the same surgery because 
it doesn't mean that they were the exact same surgery. You're not going to have the exact same surgeon. You know, it's not going to be the exact same thing. What if your surgeon has a bad day that day? Exactly. <laughs> they might they might have a bad day. But yes, that's why it's called a practice. <laughs> but they, it's, they, it's not exact. <laughs> they leave it. They leave it open. You know, leave it open for competition, so more people can post these prices. So it's not such a sticker shock. So you can actually shop around and know what your prices are, are gonna be. Exactly. Now this second policy is a little bit more difficult to understand, but hang with me here. I'm going to read from the article. The second policy, which is deductible security, pairs an insurance policy that has an annual deductible with a health savings account that the policy's sponsor funds each year with an amount equal to the annual deductible. So what does that mean? Let me give you an example. The policy's sponsor can be either a private employer like Whole Foods which has been doing this since 2002, by the way, that's almost 18 years, or a government entity like the state of Indiana, which has been offering deductible security to its employees since 2007. Now, to further explain that, wherever you work, it doesn't matter if you have employee-sponsored insurance, which means you're part of the employee group insurance plan. A lot of people have whatever, your major payers usually, like Humana or United Health or Cigna, Blue Jesus, Cross. Blue Cross. Yeah. Usually one of your employers, especially larger employers, have those big plans. The reason why is because they have a big group of people that they can purchase health insurance for, and you pay part of it, and they pay part of it, and everybody wins, right? Well, that that sponsor of your healthcare group can also pitch in to your health savings account. And so what Whole Foods has done is they've said, hey, whatever plan you pick, if you pick the deductible security plan, or in this case of Indiana state government, we will fill your health savings account with the amount up of up the amount of what your deductible is. So say your deductible for the year as an individual was $2,850. Well, your employer would put $2,850 into your health savings account. And so then whenever you have out-of-pocket pocket expenses like going to urgent care or the emergency room or prescriptions or whatever they are, you would pay for that out of your health savings account. Now, what does this do? How does this lower health care costs? Well, the big part about that is that if you don't use all the money that they put in there, you get to take whatever's left home at yes. the end of that. So that's how it creates an incentive for you to be more cost conscious and to be thinking about whether or not you have to go to say an emergency room or a walk-in clinic or something like that. Cause you're out of pocket might be more your deductible out of pocket might be more than the emergency room versus a walk-in. So you start to prioritize things based on their prices because your employer is putting the money into a health savings account uh, it is enough to cover whatever your deductible is, but if you don't spend all of it, you get the extra amount back. And so now you're going to be more conscious about what money you're spending because you get to keep the extra money at the end of the year. Now, this creates an incentive, obviously, but this is not something that we would want the government to mandate on to employers to do that. But no. I do think it's a good idea for employers that can do it. Yeah, and then It's a good idea. Health, Whole Foods is you know, setting the mark right here. Yeah. And there's another incentive inside of that that we haven't mentioned yet, which is that uh, your employer will be incentivized to offer you a health insurance plan that has a lower deductible. Now, once again, 
I have to stress again. I do not want this to be mandated by the government. No. Because there will be a lot of employers that cannot afford to do this. And also, I just don't like the government mandating private people to do things. So well, to me, that reminds me of like, you know, Netflix offering, um, they offered paid maternity leave. It wasn't yeah. government mandated, yeah. but for, for males and females, paid maternity leave. I think that's really cool. It offer it as a competitive advantage over the other, over the other businesses. Yeah. But... Don't force people who can't afford to do this to do it. Um, the other thing, like, okay, so they're going to put money in your HSA to go towards your deductible. What people need to realize is that there is no way that your employer is not going to count this in the expense for hiring you. The, the, the idea that this is somehow free or that your deductible is getting covered with it not costing you anything is, uh, you might as well just be a socialist at that point in yeah. time if you want to have that kind of logic because this is going to be an expense that your employer will have for each new person that they hire and like i said if some people can afford to do this if their profit margins are enough and they can afford to do it then that's great but if they have a two or three thousand dollar deductible that they have to cover for you when they hire you that's that's part of whether or not they're going to hire you and they're more than likely if their profit margins are thin they're going to reduce what they're willing to pay people by this amount. Yeah, if you're a human resources manager and you're making $50,000 a year at company A that doesn't offer this and you're a resource uh human resources manager at company B that does offer this, they're probably only going to pay you 47. Yeah. Exactly. Because you'll get that $3,000 in your HSA. And so if you're a young person, maybe you choose to work at company A because you don't really need the healthcare right now. Like you yeah. don't really need that HSA. If you're a somebody that has some healthcare issues or older or whatever and need more of that, or you have kids or whatever, then you can go work for company B. You make $3,000 a year less, but you get $3,000 in tax-free health savings account money. Yeah. And let's not forget the fact that this is just you being responsible with your money because at the end of the day you could take the full salary and put it into an hsa account or into a savings account of any kind and use that towards your deductibles and you could just keep the money at the end of the year that you don't spend which by the way three thousand dollars a year that's 250 bucks a month yeah it's not that bad no no that's less than most car payments yeah it's less than my yeah. car payment for sure well, let's. I want to go over some of these numbers because this has been proven to work, by the way. So uh, for those that have chosen the deductible security plan, 67% are less likely to go to high-cost emergency rooms. That Rather, they go to like low-cost low cost urgency care centers. Yeah. Or, you know, they go see a regular doctor or they wait till they can go see their regular doctor rather than going through the fast track of the ER because you got the sniffles. Yeah, and they were thinking, oh man, if I just find some ways to to cost less, to skimp on costs throughout the year, I can have this extra money at the end of the year. Exactly, it gives you skin in the game. Yeah, which is the same skin you have in the game right now, by the way. Yes. You already have that. You could take your salary and put it into a savings account for your healthcare expenses and whatever you don't use at the end of the year, you can have it. It's your savings account. Plus, considering your skin is an organ. Yeah. It's, it's already in the game it, of healthcare. It, it is. It is. <laughs> it's your biggest organ. It's obviously already involved in healthcare overall. Such a nerd joke. It is. All right. Also, one last thing. They spent $18 less per prescription 
because they were vastly more likely to opt for generic equivalents rather than brand name medicines. Yeah. You want to stick at the big pharma? <laughs> Just <laughs> go generic, baby. <laughs> you you want to stick at the big pharma? Be responsible with your healthcare decisions. Yes. <laughs> How about that? Yeah. $18 less per per prescri- prescription though. I mean, think about that. I mean, that's quite yeah. a significant difference but considering all the prescriptions that are out there. So I wanted to say something about the whole skin in the game idea. Like obviously, if you look at the overview of this whole idea, what's the incentive structure it's setting up? It's it's money that's in a savings account and if you don't use it, you get to keep it at the end of the year. And what they're saying is this creates a system where people are more cost conscious and they try to save money so they can get the money at the end of the year. Just keep in mind that you're all like the idea that you don't have skin in the game right now makes no sense at all. Like you're paying money for healthcare. I think this, it's a psychological thing. It is. People. It just reminds me of this. And I know it's kind of different, but you know, a, a store will raise its prices and then put things on sale. Yeah. You know, well, that's a psychological thing. You know, uh, JC Penney hired a new CEO several years back and he said, this is ridiculous that we mark our prices up and then we put everything on sale. Why don't we just sell everything for the price that we're trying to sell it at instead of putting the sale tag on everything and their sales plummeted afterwards Mm -hmm. because people like to see something that has a sales tag on it because they think they're getting a good deal in their mind. In this case, they're withholding some money out of your salary basically and putting it into an HSA for you and telling you that you're just going to get free money at the end of the year if you don't use anything. And it's making you feel like you're going to be getting like a bonus at the end of the year. One big benefit. Yeah. It is tax free. It is tax free. So, but you could put your money in a tax free account like you take the full salary and put your money in a tax free account and whatever you don't use, you could just get the money back. This is like a forced savings account. And then you get to keep the money at the end of the day. So like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm in favor of the companies doing this. Yeah. This is in fine. Prin- in principle, it's a good, yeah. good idea. To, you could do it right now without the company doing it for you. Yeah, that's what you're trying to that's say. That's what I'm saying. You can do it already. Yeah. Why uh, aren't you doing you it? You have skin. <laughs> Charlie, I don't know if you know this, but you've got skin in the game on your health care. Yes. I've got skin in the game. Anytime you have a deductible, you have out-of-pocket expenses, you've got skin in the game. You're going to be spending money on things. Yeah. So th- it's just... It's this idea that people think they're going to be getting free money at the end of the year that is making them. And, you know, I guess that's a good psychological trick for them. But well, and your skin is an organ. So in the realm of healthcare, it's yeah, already in. It's the really game. big. It's actually in the game. Yeah. Yeah. Just <laughs> I wanted to tell you guys real quick. This is the fourth time that we've restarted this recording yes. so far. Fourth time. <laughs> so yeah. did I already say that joke for you guys? Yeah. For oh, for you man. guys. Um it seems like you're just going to listen to us ramble about healthcare for an hour, but really it was us rambling about healthcare for four hours or so. Yes. And us uh, finally being able to get this working because Apple Logic Pro, which is what we use to record, just keeps quitting today. And then uh, there, you know, we had to put out another fire somewhere else. My cat's at the vet, all kinds of things going on today. We it's a weird just, Veterans Day. It's a very weird day. Yeah. yeah. This is maybe that's why people take it off work because it just doesn't go well. I think a lot of people reason. are closed, aren't they? Is your yeah. wife working today? She is. Yeah. Okay. Yep, 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 yep. Used to be a holiday, I guess. Yeah, I know. Back when America was great. <laughs> Hospitals <laughs> still have to take patients. That's true. That's true. I wanted to give the flip side of this real quick uh, to round out the show. How about that? 
Sure. That sounds like a good ending. Yeah. Are we still recording? Yes. Yeah, we're <laughs> okay, still we're right. still going. So let's talk about the lack of skin in the game. Yeah. So if we went for a Medicare for all system, what would that do? Well, lucky for us, Oregon has ran an experiment on a single payer Is that system. Oregon or Oregon? Oregon. Or Oregon? Like Oregon. Oregon. Okay. Oregon. Okay. okay. Yeah. Just making sure. We made you, the Oregon joke. I didn't know if you were still making an Oregon joke or oh, like no, what's like going state. on. The or, state. Okay. Like, uh, how do you say that? I really, I guess, like you said it, only with a, just like, a little bit more of the, a uh, in the middle. The Oregon, yeah. Oregon. Yeah, that's fine. The Oregon Ducks. The, yes. the college out yes. there. Okay. Big O. The place below Washington. Yes. Now, luckily, they've already ran an experiment where they randomized ten thousand previously uninsured people. They weren't insured at all. And they put them into a single-payer health insurance starting in 2008. Since then, the recipient's annual health care spending has jumped 36% without any statistically significant improvements in health outcomes. Hmm. So, you know, the current system, we could reduce it by 75%, or we can go to single-payer, and it'll jump up 36% according to this experiment. Yeah, then we can have crazy wait times like they do in Europe and Canada. and You could have just... judges deciding whether you actually live or die. Yeah, that yeah. sounds great. Like Charlie Gard, that's a real story. You want to talk about getting emotional? Yeah. That's a real story where the parents had actually had the money, and the the magistrate wouldn't let them leave the country. Yeah. That's that's not good. You think that wall's to keep you out? <laughs> it's to keep you in. Exactly. All right, I'm done with today. <laughs> okay, Let's okay. Let's finish this up. Guys, thank you so much for listening today. This is close to our worst episode in history. Uh, by far the most <laughs> frustrated I've ever been about recording an episode uh, since are, we started. I think a lot of people are going to like it, though. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, we'll see how you piece it together. <laughs> we'll see. You guys will have the finished product, but I'm about to spend like 85 hours piecing together word by word because of all the cuts in this freaking thing. Yeah. So anyway... Thank you guys so much for listening. Our numbers just keep going up and up. And tomorrow, we're going live. It's happening. We're going live. On Doing it live. YouTube and Facebook. And I don't know if there are other things where you go live, but we'll be going live at that point in time. Yeah. So you can start watching the videos. You can see what we look like. We'll have to start wearing clothes every single day, which is going to be really weird because uh, I like to be free. You know, I yeah. like to feel good when I'm talking about liberty, but now I got to start putting the shirt on. You know, are you going to have a boot on your head like old gonna, Vermin Supreme? God, yeah. I should have been him for Halloween. Oh, yeah, What good. a great idea. Yeah. Um, anyway, so thank you so much for listening. Keep telling your friends. Our numbers keep going up, and we really appreciate it. We keep having these videos pop and go, like, semi-viral, which is good. I say semi-viral because it's not, like, famous viral, but compared to the 10,000 followers that we have, a video getting a couple hundred thousand views inside of a day or two is really good. And that's because you guys are sharing everything, and we really appreciate it. That's cool. We announced our 10,000 followers last week, by the way, on like Wednesday or Thursday. We've got 500 since then, since that time, 500 new people. That's good. So 
<clears throat> that's good. Those numbers are good. Last time I checked, it's over a hundred dollars, a hundred dollars, a hundred a day. 100, yeah, hundred people, hundred new people a day. So yeah. we really appreciate it. Go follow us on Instagram, which is at Good Morning Liberty. Follow us on Twitter at Good AM Liberty. Look us up on Facebook, Good Morning Liberty, and go to our website, GoodMorningLiberty.us, to read some great articles on the politics and economics. The best thing you can do for us right this minute is go to gmlconnect.com. What that's going to do is take you to all of the places Nate just mentioned, plus our shop. And if you want to defeat communism and socialism, like I know you do, you better head on over to our shop, goodmorningliberty.us slash shop or gmlconnect.com. Get you one of them hats that say taxation is theft with the American flag on there. Maybe get you a shirt that says libertarian, small government, more freedom. Is yep. that what it says? Uh, less, gov- less government, more freedom. Less government, more freedom. Yeah. Get you one of them. I got one. Yeah. It looks awesome. Maybe you'll see it on live one day. I might wear my free Snowden shirt tomorrow. You should. Yeah. And if you guys do all of that, please, just please do it. Also, leave us a rating and review. Five stars if you think the show's worth it. You guys do all that. We'll be back again here tomorrow live from the studio <laughs> we gotta name it what's the name i don't know all right let's name it the whatever well maybe they should name it yeah you guys kick in names for let's our do, studio let's do a contest yeah okay hope you guys have a good day good morning liberty epstein and kimslow